Welcome to the Plugged In Podcast, where we will have honest, courageous, and fun conversations about how women are plugging into climate, energy, and sustainable solutions for the planet. I am your host, Megan Bennett, and on this podcast, I will be giving women who are doing the vital work of saving our planet a platform to share their stories, their ideas, and their dreams for a better future. And I hope these conversations will inspire us all to plug into our personal missions and expand what we think is possible for our families, our communities, our work, and ultimately our planet, starting today. Welcome to the Plugged In Podcast. I love the sound the geese make as they migrate in the fall. They're honking, their wings flapping low overhead. The splashing sounds they make as they land on the Beaver River behind our house. The migration lasts for weeks, and I wonder how many geese pass through this watershed each season. Their honking throughout the night has been comforting to me lately as I toss and turn under the dark of the moon. I keep the windows open and wrap myself in the sounds of their community chatter, departures and landings. And I think about the small things that bring me joy, the simple things that bring calmness and support to my nervous system in these challenging times. Finding joy in moments, in community, in nature feels like a very important practice for me personally and one that feels so right and required in my body right now. I'm so happy to bring you an episode today where we talk about finding joy in climate solutions. On today's episode, I speak with Jinhua Huang Ambrose about how we can each find our own unique, joyful experience and contribution to climate solutions. It's a refreshing, practical, and supportive approach. So let's get cozy, settle in, and meet Jinhua. My name is Jinhua Huang Ambrose. I live on unceded Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh land um, in the city of Vancouver, British Columbia. This has been home for the last 18 years, uh, but I grew up in Ontario. And I am currently working as a climate organizer. That's really new. Since May, I've been working for For Our Kids, which is a nonprofit that supports parents and grandparents to form local teams to take climate action in their community. So I'm part of the network support team that helps those teams do what they want to do, which is just I'm over the moon to be able to do that work. Outside of her work with For the Kids, Jinhua creates and offers workshops, online and in-person workshops, to support folks in finding what their joyful contribution to climate solutions could be. It's a workshop based on the Climate Action Venn Diagram created by Dr. Ayanna Elizabeth Johnson, and it's a framework that helps us match our skills, passions, and what brings us joy with the climate solutions that we need. I asked Jinhua why finding joy in climate solutions is so important. The focus on joy in climate work is important for a few reasons. One is that I think it helps to increase participation in climate work because otherwise it perhaps is not so appealing if you think of climate action and you picture adding just another thing to your already full plate around a topic that is so heavy, maybe you wouldn't feel so interested in doing it. But if you think about how can I contribute to climate work in a way that includes this question of 
how can I contribute to climate work in a way that also energizes me, in a way that also touches on things that I already love to do? I think that will bring more people into that work. And then another reason is about sustained engagement. Mary Anais Hegler, she has an essay where she talks about thinking of it not as climate action, but as climate commitment. So we're always asking, what can I do next? And then what can I do next? And to be able to have that climate commitment for the long haul, we need it to also sustain us. You know, we need those actions to also be giving us energy. So we're not just putting out energy, but we're also receiving energy back. So I think considering joy allows us to be in this work for the long haul. And I do have a third reason, I think. I like to think about how in these, you know, everyday smaller spaces that we occupy, how we can in a small way touch into the world that we are trying to build. So if we are trying to move society towards something that is more sustainable on lots of levels, I think part of that is what is sustainable for the human spirit and to, you know, not, I guess, go along with a culture that can really lead to burnout, but to uh, really recognize the value of looking after ourselves and each other in in all that we're doing. Can you tell me more about the workshops you offer that support folks in finding joy in climate solutions? So it's a workshop I designed based around something called the Climate Action Venn Diagram, which was made by Dr. Ayanna Elizabeth Johnson. And she drew part of her inspiration from the Japanese concept of ikigai around finding your life's purpose. So the Climate Action Venn Diagram is at the center of this workshop, and it is a three-circle Venn Diagram. So Venn Diagram, of course, is where you have, you know, circles that are both separate, but also have a spot where they overlap. So if you can picture, you know, three circles that each overlap a little bit in the center. And the Venn Diagram is a framework, it's a tool to help people think about the question, how do I engage with this moment of the climate crisis? Like, what do I do about climate change? And it invites you to think about that question by considering three things. So the first circle asks, what brings you joy? What are sources of delight? The second circle is, what are you good at? So what are your skills, your networks, your resources? And the third circle is, uh, what is the work that needs doing? So this is the climate and justice solutions that energize you, that you were drawn to or curious about. And the space where all three circles overlap is your climate action or actions. Um, so this is, you know, a framework that uh, Dr. Johnson created. And I really was so excited when I found it. She has a TED talk about it. I think that's where I heard of it. And I thought, oh, this is such an awesome exercise. Wouldn't it be cool to do this as part of a group? Because I'd done it by myself. And what I found after I did it was like, oh, I wish I could talk to somebody about this process or, you know, even better, do it with others. And I also thought that although it's quite a simple exercise, it's actually quite tricky to do. So I thought, gosh, there's so much potential to create supports around this tool of the Venn diagram and just dedicate a whole workshop to it. So I think I started thinking about that maybe three years ago, and it was just an idea for a long time. And then it was a friend 
friend who mentioned um, some local neighborhood grants that were available. And he said, why don't you apply for one of those? Uh, and you can run your workshop in person. And so I applied for the grant and I got it. And I, I ran the first in-person workshop in December of 2022. And then I think it was in conversation with you, Megan. I, I had been musing about developing an online version. And I think you said something like, you ever want to try that out with the Climate Care Book Club? You know, it would be a nice audience to do that with. So that motivated me to design an online version. I think maybe it was May of this year that we ran it. And then I ran another online version just last month and more are coming. Our book club thoroughly enjoyed your workshop. You did such a beautiful job of holding space for this exploration. You bring some unique techniques to it as well. One that really helped me was this invitation to imagine what a climate future could look like if we got our response to the climate crisis right. was such a powerful prompt to help get our imaginations sparking and to settle our nervous systems again into a place that for me felt hopeful and more relaxed. And I would love to talk about the importance of tapping into imagination in the workshop itself and overall process of finding joy in climate solutions. Yeah, so the exercise you're referring to, uh, we do at the start of the workshop. And I ask folks to consider this idea of what might it look like if we got climate right. Like if the 2020s were successful in meeting the climate crisis challenge, what, what would that actually look like? I think that the more clearly we can envision what we're trying to build, the better equipped we are to build it. And I think the better equipped we are to pinpoint our place in that work. So I think with, with that exercise, we ask as people to um, imagine there's standing in front of a hedge that they can't see over or around. And on the other side of that hedge is where the success is happening, you know, and communities are tackling mitigation and adaptation around climate change with dedication and with kindness. And then I invite people to, you know, wiggle their way through that hedge and walk around and just sort of witness what, what do you see? What do you hear? Like, what does it feel like to be in this place? And I think what I'm asking people do, to do is to just really like give themselves permission to kind of let down certain walls and just walk in the space of possibility, you know, which isn't easy, right? Like I think some people are more comfortable with that than others, but just giving ourselves permission to imagine what if, you know, and certainly like acknowledging that there is no one right way to answer that. There's no one right way to visualize that. But I think it's an interesting tool in this process of reflecting on what might be the way that I could contribute to that work that's exciting. So after people spend time with that exercise, you know, I ask them to note down what stood out to them. And also if there were particular parts of that world that like if it were real, that they would feel like, oh yeah, that's where I want to jump into. Those are the people that I want to join, you know? So then at the end, towards the end of our workshop, where we're looking at what's at the center of the Venn diagram, I invite folks to use that like radical imagination exercise as a way of considering that center. 
And the, the last thing I'll say is an aspect of the workshop, aside from the content that I strive for, is the feeling. You know, my, my hope, my intention is that to participate in it is a cozy experience, an experience of connection and support where you're, there isn't a lot of pressure. Um, it's an invitation to kind of explore and play with ideas about producing this perfect climate action Venn diagram at the end. It's it's about creating a rough first draft and just playing with it. So in that way, I hope for the workshop to be this little like kind of taste of, again, what I would love to see um, at a larger scale, you know, these spaces that are really kind and supportive. How has this workshop impacted participants? For some people, the exercise helps them to think of new ways to engage in climate solutions that they hadn't thought of before. But for other people, it helps them to identify which forms of engagement that they're already doing that they should probably let go of, which is super interesting. I never intended it to go that way. You know, so for folks who join who are already very active in climate work, you know, maybe they're climate activists or they're engaged in other ways, but they have a lot on their, a, a lot of balls in the air. Sometimes it can help with noticing, oh, I'm actually getting quite burnt out. And these particular projects I'm involved in, you know, maybe I feel like I should be doing them, but they're actually really draining my energy. And it means that I'm not actually able to contribute to other projects I love more in the way that I want to. So that's really interesting when it's actually more of a process of removing the ones that are distinctly not joyful or energizing. And that I think that's also very useful. I'm curious if talking about joy and climate solutions in the same breath feels uncomfortable. This September, you know, the Secretary General of the UN, Antonio Guterres, declared that climate breakdown has begun. We are beyond climate change and even climate crisis now. We are now in a state of climate breakdown, and that is heard on my nervous system. So I wonder if talking about joy in this context might for some feel like disconnected or out of touch. Sometimes it feels surprisingly close to parenting for me. Like I have a six-year-old child and I guess probably like all children, she's really affected by my moods, you know, and, and whether I am responding or reacting like from a place of stress. And I've certainly slowly learned that if I'm only focused on doing these parenting tasks that kind of feel constant and urgent and necessary without noticing my own stress level or how my own kind of tension rises throughout that, it's, it's, just, it's just not sustainable. Like I end up parenting in a way that isn't the way that I want to parent. And I experienced the same thing around climate action. So when in 2018, I dove in so hard, I was like, okay, my dual priorities in life are my child and doing my little piece to avert climate catastrophe, you know, using whatever privileges I have and energy to, I'm just, I'm all in. And I, I worked really hard and pushed myself so far and I completely collapsed. Like I totally collapsed and was of use to nobody. <laughs> you know, not to myself or my child or, you know, the climate activism community. And so that was that personal experience has 
it's, it's something I've never forgotten. And so when I notice that I'm starting to push a bit too hard, I remember like actually even just in a very practical sense, this doesn't serve, this doesn't serve me or this doesn't serve the cause. <laughs> So there is this urgency and we are humans with nervous systems. And if we only run and act from a place of urgency, I think we make worse choices. And so I don't think it's an either or, but there is this importance of somehow holding both. And that's hard. I think that's hard. In some ways, getting this right feels very hard, but what actually feels quite easy to me is carving out the small spaces where we are creating that which we would like to see at the larger scale, right? Which is something that Adrienne Marie Brown talks about. She uses that phrase, small is all, and she talks about patterns that repeat at this small scale and then move out to the bigger scales. Like she talks about the shape of ferns, like the fractal shape of ferns. She talks about the incredible synchronicity of, um, you know, flocks of migrating birds. I think an idea that is in the climate workshop that I run that I don't think I talk about explicitly, but I think it works better if you approach the Venn diagram seeing yourself as like a thread in this beautiful cloth. Um, so you are just as important and just as necessary. And it's fine that you're small because the large is made up of all the small pieces woven together. And, you know, that's a little bit different. Well, it's quite different than this idea of rugged individualism that can permeate you know, our culture, but it's sort of like celebrating the social ecosystem for all this to work. We, we need people occupying these different spaces. So someone who is an artist and uses that talent to help others see more clearly the world that we are working towards or helps others, you know, see more clearly the emotional space we're trying to navigate. And that is incredibly valuable. It's just as valuable as the person who decides to run for city council and champion climate policy or the person doing uh, building retrofits or the celebrity chef who talks about how it doesn't have to be, you, you can make great food um, cooking on, uh, on induction stoves that you don't need the gas stoves. Or it's just so varied and so beautifully diverse what meaningful contribution can look like. And I think that is really beautiful. To close our conversation, Jinhua shared one of her favorite quotes from writer and longtime climate and human rights activist, Rebecca Solnit. So Rebecca Solnit's essay, Difficult is Not the Same as Impossible, she says, we are deep in an emergency and we need as many people as possible to do what they can to work toward the best case scenarios and ward off the worst. Involvement depends on having a sense of personal power, the capacity to make an impact. Inseparable from that sense is the hope that it matters that you do it. 
And I think that really touches on why I feel so motivated to offer the workshop. I really hope to help people see all the agency that they have in this moment and to really find a sense of efficacy that their actions matter and often in a quite a unique way. Thank you so much for your time today, Jean Hua, and for all the work you are doing to offer these beautiful workshops. They are truly a gift and I hope the pod listeners have a chance to follow your work and experience the workshops live with you sometime soon. For those listening, I know Instagram is the best way to follow your work. What is your handle on Instagram? Jinhua.h. So that's J-I-N-H-W-A dot H. If anyone wants to reach out to me, they can email climatesolutionsworkshop at gmail.com. Do you want to help to ripple the impact, expand the reach, and support the ongoing work of Plugged In? Your contribution is valuable. Here are a few ways you could help energize this platform. You could share this episode on social media and with your colleagues, friends, and family. Please tag Plugged In so I can share it back. You could review, follow, rate, and leave a testimonial on Apple Podcasts. I may read some goodies on future episodes. Your business could sponsor an episode or a full season. Please reach out to me if this is of interest. Finally, you could head over to buymeacoffee.com and for the price of a coffee, $5 a month, you can help support some of the costs that go into doing this work. Thank you so much for listening. Please do subscribe to my mailing list at pluggedinpodcast.ca. That's where I share more about other offerings and events I lead, including a monthly online book club and annual self-care for climate care retreats. I also want to thank Summerhill for the time to work on this project. And finally, this podcast has been created on the lands of historic Treaty 18 on the traditional territory of the Petun and the Huron-Wendat nations. Take good care.